All right, John chapter number one. And uh, I hope this one comes out as well out loud as it does in my head. It's one of those I've kind of worried about since I've put it down on paper. But I want to talk about the subject of leading others to the light, leading others to the light. And uh, I've got 1 through 18 written down. Let's see, I may not read quite that much. We'll just see how this goes. Uh, but John chapter number 1, the great prologue to the Gospel of John, uh, just uh, I think this is some of the most amazing writing ever in the history of mankind. I would put it as, as one of the, the grandest expressions you'll find in the Scriptures is the, these opening verses of the Gospel of John. Verse number one, in the beginning was the Word, that's Christ, and the Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, that's John the Baptist, the same came for witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, that's talking about Christ, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This is he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, in grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, and grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. He hath declared him. We'll speak for a few minutes here. Like I said, I've got about half as many pages as I typically do if you're worried about the time. Uh, subject kind of goes along with our theme this year. And typically in years past, I've tried to speak for a few weeks on our, on our theme. Uh, this year, of course, I, I was sick and out a week. And then last week, I uh, preached more of a, a pastoral message with just some of the, the craziness that's going around in our, our, our community right now. But our, our theme is let your light shine. We started off uh, there the first Sunday of the year. We looked at Matthew chapter number five and we saw how that we, ourselves, our churches, are to be a light to the world. And the light that we shine is the light of the gospel of Christ. We find that same theme right here in John chapter number 1. Christ is revealed. He is the Word there in, in, in verse number 1. Verse number 4, it says, In Him was life. There's a lot of ways He's the giver of life. He created life. Verse 3 said all things were created by Him. He breathed life into Adam in Genesis 2, verse 7. By the way, when it says, let us make man in our image, that's God talking to himself. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's a plurality. And God's saying, hey, let's make it. And God says, okay, let's do it. It's a, it's a fun little thing right there. I always like to point that out. But he breathed life into Adam when he formed him from the dust of the earth. And then not only did he create life and create human life, which is, which is uh, special in the, in the creation of God, 
but he also gives life through the gospel. 1 John 5, 11. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Back to verse number 4. In the life, that life that Christ gives was the light of men. The new life that is found in Christ, the hope of eternal life, the forgiveness of sin, in short, the gospel, radiates to mankind. But in verse 5, we, we see a problem. It says, And the light shineth in darkness. There's the darkness of this world, the people who don't know, that don't comprehend, that don't understand the gospel. And the darkness comprehended it not. The light of the Christ, the gospel, shines out into the world, yet the darkness cannot grasp it. Now, this verse, and I try to avoid verses that there's a lot of uh, different opinions and things on, but I was, I, was, I was looking at this, I found that some people translate this a little bit differently. There's basically two different schools of thought on how to interpret uh, this verse. And uh, some say it should say something about like the darkness should not overcome the light, that the light can't be stopped. Uh, and the, the Greek word there that means literally to apprehend, to attain, to overtake, uh, or, or to, I would say to grasp, to catch or grasp. It's used about 15 times in the New Testament. John 8, it's used to describe the woman that's taken in idolatry, adultery. She was caught in the act. It means to understand or perceive something in Acts 4.13 and 10.34. It means to understand, like you grasp an idea. Philippians 3.12, Paul uses this word actually I think three times in these couple of verses right there to describe, you know, I have not yet attained, I haven't reached the goal, I haven't, you know, made it yet. So uh, it, it's got a few different meanings. Now, when you understand, you come to a verse like this, and you say, well, what does this word mean? Where, which way do you go with it? My fallback position is to go back and say, well, what does it say in context? And I've told you before, if you don't understand a word, you read the verse. If you don't understand the verse, read the chapter. If you don't understand the chapter, read the book. You don't understand the chapter or the book, you, you read the whole Bible. Okay, You just build it out. See what it says in context. One verse or one word is not necessarily isolated from the entire teaching of the Scripture. If you look down at verse number 10, it says in John 1.10, it says, He was in the world, and the world was made by him, but the world knew him not. Though Christ is there, although he created everything, Still, the world doesn't know him. The light of the gospel of Christ is shining in the world, yet the darkness of the world could not understand it. In verse 11, it says, He came into his own. He came to the Jewish people first, yet his own received him not. So in those two verses, it's talking about this idea that here is Christ, his light is shining, yet the world, yet the, his, the Jewish people did not accept him. I think when you... Look at those things, I think when you go back to verse number 5, I think that's what it's, it's a common theme. It's saying that the light is shining in the darkness. Those who, who don't have the light, they, they can't grasp it. They can't understand it. They know there's a light. They just can't quite get hold of it. And that sets up the problem, I believe. I've got three quick statements I want to make on this. One is that the light of the gospel of Christ is shining to all. The light of the gospel of Christ is shining to all. I believe it's obvious that there is a God. The theologians call this general revelation, that there is a God. Psalm 19.1 
typically the verse I would quote on this, is the heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament showeth his handiwork. Creation says there is a God. How you can go out and look at the Grand Canyon or, or look at the mountains of Colorado or any part of Texas and say there is not a God who made that is beyond me. How there is life, how everything goes in, how the stars, everything, you look at that and say there's not a God who made that. I, I don't comprehend that. God made it all. It's a testament to him. Psalm 97.6, The heavens declares righteousness and all the people see his glory. So you have the light that's shining out into the world. You have, uh, it's, it's going out that there is a God, that there is hope. The problem is, number two, the darkness of the sinful world sees the light but cannot grasp it. The darkness sees the light but cannot grasp it. When Christ came, the world did not understand what he was doing. When Christ came, the majority of his own people didn't understand what he was doing. By the way, today, the vast majority of people of this earth, they don't understand what Christ did for us, what he does for us, what he will do for us. The Bible teaches that sinful man will rebel against the light of the gospel. Romans chapter number 1, and we could read a lengthy passage here, but Romans 1, 18 through 21. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. I think that's the darkness there. Because that which may be known of God is manifest to them, for that God hath showed it unto them. They had light. They had some knowledge of the truth. Verse 20, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. That's the general revelation, that you know, the heavens declaring the glory of God. Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. They rebelled. There's a light, but they rebel. They recoil against it. It's one of the most amazing things, and it's, it's human nature, it's sinful nature, how people recoil against the truth. They recoil against the light. I was wondering, you know, why, why is that? I think in part it's because of pride that we don't want to admit. Because the light comes on and it shows all the sinfulness in us. And we don't want to admit that we are sinners before God. We don't want to admit that we don't have it all figured out, that we're in control. Uh, I think also in part it could be because of our self-will. Because if there is a God who created everything, he created you. And if he created you, he has a purpose for you. And you're in rebellion against him if you don't follow that purpose. Um, I, I think that there's a certain amount of self-will that could be in, involved in that. So here's the problem we face. The light is shining. The light is there, but the darkness is there. How, how can you get the darkness to understand, to grasp, to accept the light? That brings me to my third point, and there needs to be witnesses of the light to those in darkness. We talk, I saw that in verse number 5. But then you talk about verse number 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, John the Baptist. He, the same came for a, what, a witness. To bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not the light. He, he's not the source of light. He's not the source of hope. He's not the gospel. 
He's just the message bearer, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That, that was the true light. That's Christ, the gospel, which lieth every man come to the world. John the Baptist is clear. He's not the light. He's not the hope of the world. But he was the one who stood up before Christ came and said, Folks, he's coming. Get ready. Repent. Be ready. Christ is coming. He came to prepare the people. He came to prepare the Jews and the world because here he comes. He's heralding the coming king. His witness, his preaching, his life, all these are aids to help those in darkness, to prepare them to see and understand the true light that was coming. Told the people to repent of their sins, to turn, uh, to turn to the coming Messiah. And when the Messiah came, those people that followed him, we see a lot of the disciples, they started out following John. Then when Christ came, they followed. You can keep reading there in the book of John. You'll see that account. I see here our work in a nutshell. This is our mission we have. There's a possibility of salvation. There's a possibility of hope, of truth, through Christ. That's the light. There's the problem of reaching the lost, those in darkness. How do we bridge this gap between light and darkness? The answer is the power of our witness. Where, where, where are you coming up with this idea from? Well, let me show you. Book of Acts. I can show you numerous examples of this. Acts chapter 8. Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. The Ethiopian eunuch, he had been to Jerusalem. He's going back home. He's got the scroll of Isaiah and he's reading along. He's in Isaiah 53. He doesn't understand what he's reading. He's in the darkness. He doesn't comprehend the light. He can't quite understand it. How was he one? through the witness of Philip. Think of Saul of Tarsus in Acts chapter number 9. He had some of the light as a Jew. He knew, he, he knew the Bible backwards and forwards and sideways and, and, and jumbled it up. He could unjumble it. He, he, he knew it. Yet he hated Christ and his church. How was he one? I think in part the witness of, of, of Stephen. Stephen, when he died, I think that martyrdom made an impact on Paul. Um, Ananias that came and was a witness to him after he had lost his sight. I, you see, there's a witness involved. How about Cornelius in Acts chapter number 10, the Gentile, the centurion? He had some of the light. He was, he was active and had a good reputation with the Jews. He was trying to do what's right. Yet he didn't fully grasp the gospel. How was he won? Through the witness of Peter who came and preached the gospel to him. How about Acts chapter number 16? There's a Philippian jailer in there. I honestly don't know how much light this man had. Did he know anything about the Jewish religion? Did he know anything about Christ? How was he one? He was one because Paul and Silas were singing and praising God. In the, he was one through the witness of Paul and Silas. What a privilege we have to be a witness of Christ. But it's a responsibility we have also. Folks all around us need the gospel. Folks all around us need Christ. The light is there. The darkness is there. What will we do to be witnesses of the light to the darkness? A few thoughts to wrap this up. I told you I was going to be short. First off, be a personal witness. You need to live the gospel. Your life should be a model, a display 
of faith in God, of God's power of transformation, of the joy and the peace that only He can bring. It's a good place to start. I don't think that's quite enough, but it's a good place to start. And by the way, if you're going to share the gospel, you better be living it. Okay, that's this, Those two go hand in hand. But you need to share the gospel. And there's so many ways you can do that. You can invite somebody to church. You can sit down, ask them over, have dinner with them, sit down, say, hey, I want to talk to you. and Get out the Bible and have a Bible study. You, 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 can, you can pass out a track. You, you, there's so much stuff you can do on this. But it's bridging the gap between the light and the darkness. You can do it personally or also, and I'm going to say, well, it's not really, it's really an and. You can support other witnesses. You know, uh, the, our missions program, growing, and, and I, I, if there's anything I, I love about our church, I love our growing missions program and uh, my numbers were right and Gary can correct me I don't remember this I, I, I don't want to go back and double check myself in case I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure we were close to 100,000 again were we close maybe don't okay don't, you're not going to tell me if I'm wrong <laughs> but, the, but the, the money that we've been able to send out to help uh, the furtherance of the gospel to help the people in need you look back there on, on our uh, on our beautiful new missions board back there and you see the work that's going on, and you know. Here's the thing: I was talking, I was talking about this, Brother Griffin, one time. One time he was here. The first time he's here, I said, "I can't do what you do. I I can't relate through the homeless like you can. I, I I couldn't do it, but he can. And you know what? I want to support him all I can because he's making an impact. I was thinking, I was thinking about the missionaries. I don't know why I thought about uh, Brother Aaron, jo- Josh Aaron that's uh, down in South Africa. I can't reach the people in South Africa, uh, but he can. I want to get behind him. I, I want to do all I can. Brian Cohn, saw him a, few, a couple weeks ago, uh, about to start a new church over in Thailand. And uh, I, I, I can't reach Thailand. I can't speak it. I, but she talks about how much he likes the food. I'm not a big fan of it. But uh, I can't do it. He can, though. I want to help him be able to do it. I can't, by the way, I'm going to talk about wise choices. I can't reach young mothers like that. They don't come up to me. I, I, I just, you know, big, fat, ugly, bald dude. They don't want to talk to me. But somebody can reach them. Somebody can make a difference. They can help. I want to be a part of that. Somebody can do it. How do you help? Well, you can pray. That's not the last thing. It's not the simplest thing. It's actually the most important thing you can do. You can give. That's a big thing you can do. I've never met a missionary or any ministry of any kind yet that says, you know what, we've got too much money, hold off, okay? Never heard of them say, hey, we've got too many prayers, y'all hold off either, okay? You can encourage. I'm going to tell you, I think that's a, that's a whole ministry in and of itself. It, it's a, going out there and battling the darkness, it's discouraging work. The attacks that come your way, you're going to feel lonely. You don't feel lonely. Get out on the front lines. Turn around and see that you don't have a lot of people behind you. It's a whole ministry just to encourage and support uh, folks that are out there doing the work. You can also volunteer. Just get involved. Do something. I can't do this. Everybody can do something. Everybody can do something. Third thing is we need to teach others to be witnesses. You've got to train new believers. Hey, 
I'm, I'm so glad you accepted Christ. This is step one. Guess what? We, we got some more training to do. I want to teach you about your faith. I want to ground you in your faith. And I want to get to the part where you start sharing the gospel to those around about you. We need to help old, older believers be more effective. I've been in church. I, well, what can we do? What can we do to be better? What can we do to reach more people, be more effective? We need to raise up a new generation of light to combat the darkness in the world that we face. Folks, it's getting darker and darker and darker every day. Uh, you, you read the news. There's nothing more discouraging than reading the news today to see this the chaos and craziness that's going on in this world, things that were unheard of 50, 100 years ago, it's, it's, it's being promoted nowadays. It is just insane to me, uh, some of the stuff going on. And as it gets crazier and crazier and crazier, I, I, I feel sorry for my kids, for Jake's kids, the world they're going to face when they're my age. I don't, I'm scared to think about what it might look like, to be honest with you. I, I really am. I hope I've done my best to help you know, train and teach them to do what's right and to, to make a difference and do what they can. But um, we, need to, we need to be raising the next generation that's ready to meet the challenge that's ahead of them. And as musicians come, the most important question we can ask on this is making sure that we have received the light ourselves first. You can't bridge that gap unless you have the light. Those of us who have the light have a great responsibility to do what we can to reach the gospel, but you need to, you need to have that light in you first. Do you know Christ this morning? Do you know salvation? Do you know your sins are forgiven under the blood? Do you know that heaven will be your home? I like the verse in 1 John. It says, these things I've written unto you that you may know. You can absolutely know for certain. It's not a question of maybe or if, but you can know 100% sure. Do you know that this morning? That's step one. If you know that, step two is let's get busy and let's start bridging that gap between the light and the darkness. Let's be the witnesses that we need. If you'll stand, we'll have a time of invitation. What number there, Owen? 325. 325 in the, the Baptist hymnal. We'll have a short time of invitation here. Let's, let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, a simple idea, a simple message. As we look at the scriptures here, we see the light, we see the hope, we see the darkness and the need. Lord, but here we are, we're in the middle of it. There's folks out there that need a helping hand. They need to hear. They need an encouraging word. Lord, there's folks that need us to be the witness, to step up to the task. Lord, however that may be for each of us, I, it's different with everybody. But you have something for all of us to do. We can all pray. We can all give. We can all go to some extent. Lord, but help us as we look out at this world it's getting dark. The light is needed more than ever. Help us to be the witnesses that we need to be to make a dent in the darkness that is, that is all around us. Challenge us, encourage us, embolden us, I pray, with this, these simple thoughts from the, the Word here this morning. Speak to us in this invitation time. Pray us in our holy name. Amen.